You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. just speak to you for a few moments here tonight on this topic. How could I keep it inside? How could I keep it inside? And uh, if you'll preach with me, I'll go much faster. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Why don't we uh, just pray one more time that God's will will be done. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your word and how much it means to us, God. It guides us and leads us and directs us in our life. God, and we pray right now that your presence would rest on this service in a mighty way. God, we felt you in such a strong way in this service. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. My wife is probably going to kill me for this because I didn't get permission for telling this story, but I'm just going to look this way while I tell it. On the way here, I was actually reminded, and this is why it's dangerous. It's not in my notes. Uh, But on the way here, I was reminded about something that happened a few years ago. My wife and I had gone through one of the famous Tim Horton drive-thrus, and uh, we were going to get coffee. And for whatever reason, my wife's coffee was incredibly hot. And when she grabbed it, we got it from the window, and I handed it over to her. Some of it spilt out and landed on her lap. And it took her a couple of seconds to realize, that's really hot. And all of a sudden, she lets out a, ah, like this, and drops the whole thing of coffee on her lap, and then goes, ah! (laughs) And I was reminded about that on the way here. Uh, We don't always have a burning on the outside, but there's a burning on the inside for God to just do something so powerful in our city. And uh, when I was a kid, we had a chimney fire in our home, and I remember my parents and my sisters and I all scrambling to get out of the house and standing on the bank waiting for the firemen to get there to assess the situation. And I was so confused as a kid because I thought that that's where the fire was supposed to be. I thought it was supposed to be inside. Uh, But apparently, that's not always the case. Fire is useful and purposeful when it is contained But when it gets outside of that purpose, it consumes anything in its path. Over and over in the Old Testament, we're reminded of the symbol of fire. The fire of the burning bush appears as a man named Moses approaches, and he is drawn to it. It's a burning bush in the desert, but it's it's not being consumed. And so Moses, no doubt, he had often seen burning bushes in the desert, but he had never seen one that was not being consumed. So Moses, he went over to assess the situation, and he heard a voice. The voice said to him, take off your shoes, Moses, for the ground on which you are standing is holy ground. Moses, he removes his shoes, and he begins this meeting with the Lord. He saw the fire, he responded to it, and he had a meeting with God that would set millions of Jews free and eventually change the entire world as we know it. And then we see Moses leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. The Bible tells us that they were led by a pillar of cloud by day and by a pillar of fire by night. 
And then we see on top of Mount Sinai, the mountain was burning with fire because of the presence of God. And God's voice came and called for Moses, and he went up, and he received the Ten Commandments that were written by the finger of God. God gave specific instructions to Moses on that mountain about building a church, building a tabernacle to have a meeting place with the Almighty. Dimensions and patterns and detail are told to him by the voice of the Lord. Every detail, including what we read in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12, it says, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not, somebody say shall not, it shall not be put out. Always keep the fire burning. Never let it go out. Later in the Old Testament, we, we read about a man named Elijah. Elijah challenges the prophets of a false god named Baal to a duel, and he says, let the God who answers by fire, let him be God. Both would set up an altar with a bull. They would both call on their God to consume the offering with fire. And Elijah, gentleman that he is, says, you go first. And so the prophets of Baal, they begin to call on their God to come and burn up the offering. Nothing happens. The Bible says they cried from morning until noon, but nothing happened. They danced. Nothing happened. They cut themselves. Nothing happened. All to get the attention of their God. Midday passed, and they were approaching evening. And the Bible says in verse 29, there was no response. No one answered, and no one paid attention. Elijah, he began to taunt the prophets of Baal. He would say things like, shout a little louder. Perhaps he's in deep thought or busy. You have to get his attention. Or maybe he's traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and needs to be awakened. Or maybe he went to the bathroom. No, it really says that. Read that for yourself. Elijah, Elijah knew that Baal would not answer because he was no god. So the prophets of Baal, he gave up, and it was Elijah's turn, and he had the servants there that day fill four large jugs of water and pour it over the offering. And he told them to do it again and again. And then he prayed. This is what he prays. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. And as we turn the pages in our Bible... We, we see this incredible story about Elijah, but then when we look a little further, we, we read, we, we come to a book that bears the name of a prophet named Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, God speaks to him about his calling. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God uses him to speak his word, but unfortunately, no one wanted to hear what God has to say. They tried to shut Jeremiah up. And we find a very defeated prophet by the time we reach chapter 20 of his book. He says in verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. 
I'm not going to even mention the Lord anymore. I'm not going to speak in his name. But he says, his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not stay. Could not. There's this burning fire shut up in his bones. He could not help but speak the word of the Lord. How could he keep it inside? I've got to speak what he's given me to speak. I cannot keep it inside. And all these instances in Scripture where God personified fire, working on the inside of ordinary people, were all pointed down the road. And Jeremiah, he writes about it a few chapters later. He writes about a prophecy. He says this, 11 chapters later, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them, by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Jeremiah, he prophesies that there is a day coming that he will make. The Lord will make a new covenant. The Lord would be their God. They would be his people. Jeremiah, he likely didn't realize how it would happen. All he knew is that it would happen because God said so. He knew that it was prophesied that there would be a Savior that would come to save everyone from their sins. But little did he know that about 600 years after he wrote this prophecy, God himself would come down to earth to be our Savior, our Redeemer. He would give us his name, Jesus Christ. John the Baptist said that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He would perform miracles and healings, incredible things, but none could compare to his greatest work. He would die on a cross, be buried, and would be resurrected three days later, all for us. And when he does, two of his followers would be walking down the road named Emmaus, and the risen Christ would appear to them and talk to them about the things of God. Luke chapter 24, verse 32, it says, And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us? Well, he talked with us, by the way, and well, he opened to us the scriptures. And they realize all of a sudden, as you go on to read the rest of that chapter, the Lord is risen. They begin to announce the Lord is risen. The sign of his resurrection for them was not just that he was present and speaking with them. It was that he was talking to them. Their hearts burned within them. The fire, all these instances that I've referred to throughout Scripture represented the presence of the Lord. It wasn't the burning bush that made the meeting with Moses holy. It was the presence of the Lord. It was the fire of the Lord that fell on Elijah's sacrifice that proved that he is God alone. Jeremiah said that there is a fire in my bones and I have to speak the word of God. I can't help it. 
John the Baptist said that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And when we get to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and onto the uttermost part of the earth. This power, this fire of the Spirit, when you get it inside of you, it would propel you outside. It's not just going to be for Jerusalem. It's not just going to be for a particular group of people. The fire that God was going to put inside must go out. And when we turn over to the next chapter, we read in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, there were, they were all in one accord, talking about the believers. They were all in one accord in one place, and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The fire, the presence of the Lord comes on this group of believers waiting for the promise. How many is thankful that we still have that promise here today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. And they remember the words of Jesus. They remember his words. Okay, Jerusalem, check. Judea, it's got to get there. Samaria, it's got to get there. The uttermost parts of the earth, it's still got to get there. And they went on this mission because how could they keep it inside? How could they keep what God was doing to themselves? It had to get out. And they step outside of the upper room and share with everyone present what God has just done. The Apostle Peter tells us, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And as he speaks to the crowd, they, they ask him, what do we have to do? Peter responds with the saving message that Jesus put on their hearts to get out. Then Peter said to them, repent. Hallelujah, Jesus. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And in this multicultural crowd, over 3,000 of them for themselves experienced the fire of the Holy Ghost on their life as they began to speak in other tongues for the first time. And from that day onward, God has been continuing to pour out His Spirit. We see it time and time again. It just happened again this past weekend. God's still pouring out His Spirit. Because it's not just for a select group of people. Praise the Lord. It's not just for a certain generation or for a certain time. It is for today. And it is for you. And it is for your children. To as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. And to the ones who have been a recipient of this promise. How could we keep it inside? How can we keep it inside? It burns inside of us wanting to get out. How could we keep the saving power of the only true God to ourselves? It has to get out. 
the writer of the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 9 says, For our God is a consuming fire. The fire of his presence is still consuming today. Leviticus is clear that it's the priest's responsibility to keep the fire burning. And so you might determine in your mind today, so it's the pastor's responsibility. It's the responsibility maybe of the church staff. It's the board members that are responsible for keeping the fire burning. You might even say that it's the responsibility of the Sunday school teachers. Sorry, Sunday school teachers. But as New Testament Christians, we must remember what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. He's talking about his church. He's talking about his church, a pe- peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you, what? Out. Who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Every believer is part of a royal priesthood. We are to pray and take God's word to our neighbors and our coworkers and our family. So who's responsible to carry the fire? Us. It's mine. It's yours. The responsibility of the fire lays on all of us. We need people of all ages to carry his presence with us wherever we go. From generation to generation, carry the fire. A church without young people might dry up, but a church without old people might blow up. So we need every generation. Seniors, we need you to help carry the fire. We need you to be involved because of your wisdom and experience. We need you. Young people, we need you to carry the fire. Be involved with all of your energy and enthusiasm because the older generation wishes that they still had it. Be involved and don't ever use use as an excuse not to join God in some great work. Jeremiah, he tried doing just that. God said to him, do not say, I am only a youth. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you. It's God's presence. We can't help but carry it around with us wherever we go. But how How can we just keep it on the inside? We are all called to help keep the fire burning. Paul, he wrote to the Colossian church in Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. And this gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So how do we keep the fire burning? We pray. We read God's word. We get together with his church. We need his power in our home, in our community, and in our church. If I could have the music come back at this time. I promised I wouldn't be long. I'm winding this up. Dr. Truett, he told a story about a young man who began to visit their church. He was very faithful and was there every time that the doors were opened. As time went by, the young man began to miss a service every once in a while. And after some more time, he was only attending about once a month. And soon he was hardly ever at the church. This young man, he went to visit the pastor one afternoon, and he said, Pastor, I don't know what's happened, but I've lost that fire that I once had. Can you help me? The pastor, he told the young man that he would like to help him, but at this moment, 
he had a meeting that he needed to attend. But the pastor, he asked the young man to do him a favor. He said, one of our members lives right down the street. We haven't seen him for days. Would you mind walking down to his home and checking on him? When you get back, I should be able to spend some time with you. The young man, he found the house, knocked on the door, and heard her voice say, come in. He entered the house and saw an elderly gentleman sitting by the window, and he noticed right away that this gentleman was blind. The young man said, the pastor asked me to come by, check on you, make sure everything's okay. Are you okay? And the gentleman, he said yes, and he appreciated the young man stopping by, and the young man said, is there anything that I can do for you? And he said, I, I would like for you to read the Bible to me. I believe it's sitting right over here. You can turn to where the bookmark is. That's where the last person stopped reading. The young man opened the Bible, and the bookmark was at Romans chapter 8. They began to read to the gentleman the words of Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Jump down to verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The young man, he finished reading, tears were flowing down his eyes, and he looks over at the gentleman, and tears are flowing down his eyes as well. The two hugged one another. The gentleman thanked him for his visit and invited him back. The young man said that he would like that, and he returns to the pastor's office and says, Pastor, I'm okay now. I got the fire back. If we could all stand. Jewish scholars tell us that the children of Israel kept the fire burning on their altar for well over a thousand years. Day and night, we've got to keep the fire burning. We've got to keep the fire burning. When was it last stoked? Is it just down to a kindle? We've got to keep the fire burning. They kept the fire burning until the kingdom was taken over by the Babylonians. Up until that time, it was kept burning because they had a word from God. Keep it burning. We need to keep the fire burning. There are still people living in the darkness looking for a light. Keep the fire burning. They have to know where to go. Keep the fire burning. But how could we keep it inside? How could we keep it inside these four walls to ourselves? The answer is we can't. And that's why we have reached into every corner of the city and said, it needs a lighthouse. The fire needs to be over here. The fire needs to be over here. It needs to be in Quispam Sis. It needs to be in Grand Bay Westfield. It needs to be on the south end and the north end and the west and the lower west. We need to keep the fire burning. And that's why we have started up satellite church after satellite church and have plans to start more because there is a fire that's shut up in our bones that's just wanting to get out. Somebody needs to know that God is wanting to do the miraculous in their lives. Somebody's needing to know that God is wanting to reach into their life and save them from their life of sin that they're stuck in. And so as we, 
As we join together here right now, I'm going to ask you to come up to the altar and pray for our city. Hallelujah, Jesus. Pray for us. Pray that God would just have his way in a powerful way in your life. God wants to meet you right where you're at here tonight as we give him the opportunity by us stepping out. We're stepping out in faith saying, God, come and do as you see fit in my life. You know what's best. God, I want your will. I want what you can do, Jesus. I want that fire burning on the inside of me. Jesus, fill me with that Holy Ghost fire. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.